As inflation rockets and people worry about how they will heat their homes, today we encounter Jesus taking a huge swipe at entitlement. He tells his important host that there's a different way to live and that the rewards are far greater than a better seat at a Friday night dinner. Hi and welcome to St Ninians in Stonehouse. I'm Stuart and it's my privilege to be the minister here. Thanks for joining us from wherever you find yourself today. Remember to say hi in the comments if you're watching on the video and like and share with your friends. That's one of the easiest ways to share Jesus' teaching these days. Today in worship I'm joined by Anne and Douglas Thompson. Anne will lead our prayers later on so let's listen as Douglas brings us our scripture for today. Today's reading is from Luke chapter 14 verse 1 and then verse 7 to 14. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honour at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honour, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, Give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honoured in the presence of all the other guests, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a lunch or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbours. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Politics now seems to be about finding that point where people will work because the alternative is too painful. You can now work full time for what the government has decided to euphemistically call the living wage and still be living in poverty. So what level of poverty do you think is acceptable? And by acceptable, the market and politicians of all shades mean acceptable to the point where you, we, will actually do something about it. So, now you're all angry and uncomfortable about the minister talking about politics. Here's what this has to do with a story about Jesus going to someone's house for dinner. Jesus talk about position, position at the table. Him telling people to hang back. Don't be too hasty to take a good spot as someone more important might come and you might have to move. It's actually a pretty transparent dig at the religious leaders. Look at you all thinking that you're important. Look at you all grasping for power. Look at you trying to climb the social ladder. Look at you feasting while the people you're meant to look after are starving. These feasts were about being seen, consolidating status. They were about joining in with the system, the empire. And that's not who they were supposed to be. Israel was never supposed to have a king. They'd escaped from Pharaoh and Egypt, where they were slaves Economic units making as many bricks as possible to build bigger barns to store more stuff so Pharaoh could be even more wealthy. 
God had led them out of that into the wilderness where there was nothing. There was nothing to make. There was nothing to build. So there was no need for bricks. There was nothing to grow, so there was no need to store. God gave them manna every day, and even that didn't keep. There was nothing to do and nowhere to go. But why? It was also that they would unlearn the system that had enslaved them. And that took 40 years. By the time they were ready, by the time they had actually got this new way of living, generations had passed away. Nobody who had been an adult when they left Egypt entered into the promised land. Nobody who could talk from personal experience about the good old days. God wanted them to learn that loving their neighbour was more important than their bank balance and that the reward for doing good was worth more than all the gold and silver in the world. That was how this new society was to work. They were to follow God. They didn't need kings and queens. They had God and God had given them a set of rules to live in community together. And the rules were about ensuring everyone's well-being, absolutely everyone, even outsiders, even people who didn't belong. Looking out for each other, making sure our neighbours are okay, bringing food to those who need it, protecting the vulnerable, treating those in prison fairly. It all sounds so basic. So why wouldn't we want to live like that? In all honesty, we needed a pandemic to make that a reality. And just how quickly have we slipped back to how it used to be? One of the things I learned during my first degree in community education was about two terms Ferdinand Tony's coined in 1887, Gemeinschaft and shaft. He was a sociologist writing about how he saw society changing. Gemeinschaft described community, people who were bound together by common beliefs and shared space. We still recognise it in places like Stonehouse. It's that village thing that we see disappearing where everyone knows each other. It's the thing we see slipping away and we don't quite know why. Gesellschaft means society, where self-interest is the primary justification for membership. Society is based on transactions. I'll give you this in return for that. It's what we call a service-based economy. Everything has a value and a cost. That Gesellschaft transactional society has become our primary experience. It's the world of Pharaoh. The world of empire where people are merely economic units, valued for what they can produce or make or carry, and only as valuable as what you can buy. And the need for everyone to take their part in those transactions is vital to making it all work. It all falls apart if even the smallest part stops. Just watch what happens in the next few weeks as different sectors go on strike. And watch how hard those in power and in the media will try to convince us all that the people we stood outside and clapped for during the pandemic as essential workers are now somehow not worth a pay rise. In Gesellschaft, that transactional society, people can climb the ladder of power and wealth. There's no need for it in Gemeinschaft community because everyone is equal. Everyone works for the good of all. The religious leaders shouldn't have any status that puts them above anyone else. Actually, They should be servants of everyone. And just look what Jesus does at the Passover feast in that upper room when he as the host kneels and washes the disciples' feet. Jesus said also to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, don't invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbours in case they might invite you in return and, and you'd be repaid. When you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind. 
you'll be blessed because they can't repay you. What does that look like for us? For us as people, for us as a church, for us as community? The reasons for poverty are many and they are complex. At least that's what politicians and economics and sociologists and social commentators will tell you. Jesus has, I think, a more straightforward diagnosis. We're more concerned with our own advancement than we are with the well-being of others. That sounds like an incredibly harsh thing to say, but I wonder, how did each of us answer the question I posed? What level of poverty do you think is acceptable? We'd all like to say none. Poverty is not acceptable, especially when we live in one of the wealthiest nations on earth, but the reality is we all make a judgement. There were 3.9 million children living in poverty in the UK in 2020-2021. That's 27% of children. That's 8 in every classroom of 30. And that's the government's own figures. And that's increased this year and it's about to skyrocket. I'm not sure many of us have taken to the streets in protest. It's truly frightening to watch the cost of living crisis unfold as prices rocket and wages can't possibly keep up. It's a perfect storm. Businesses that have just managed to cling on through the pandemic are now hit by crippling cost rises for raw materials and spiralling energy costs. And households are hit with the same price rises. People need more wages from small businesses that have no money. Martin Lewis, the money-saving expert, said yesterday when the energy price cap announcement was made that we're way beyond people being able to manage their budgets or make cuts to other parts of their spending. The payment that people receiving universal credit are to receive to help with fuel payments will now last them for 48 hours in a prepaid fuel meter. Is that the world that we want to live in? The truth of that kind of world is that it depends completely on our answer to the question I've just posed. What do we think is acceptable? What level of poverty do we think is okay? I think in the next few months we are about to find out exactly what our answer is. I hope as we work out our response, we take Jesus' words to heart. Looking after each other is not only an act of service. It doesn't only benefit other people. Looking after others, helping those in need, it it transforms the world. It makes the world we live in a better place, where people's poverty of spirit is treated alongside their material poverty. When we try to help, we get to know our neighbours, we become friends We matter to each other, not because of what we have or even what we can give. And we receive much more in return. Jesus tells us, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. In the power of the Spirit, now in faith.
time with you today. We are grateful for church buildings where people can gather to worship you in safety and comfort. We thank you for people who have trained to lead us in worship and for technicians, musicians and choirs who enhance our time together. We remember people who do not have the luxury of a building where they can gather safely to worship. We remember congregations who meet in secret, those who meet online those who meet in homes and coffee shops, prisons and bomb shelters. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Healing Lord, we are fortunate to have access to free health care and specialists in all areas of health and well-being. We are thankful for all who work in health care settings and give their time and talents to help others. We remember people who struggle to access health care and do not have the money to pay for it. We pray for all those who are training to become health care providers or thinking about it as a career. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Merciful God, we cannot thank you enough for loving us as we are and always willing to forgive when we fail you. We give thanks for the people in our lives who treat us with mercy and forgive us when we fall. We remember people who live under abusive and unjust rulers and pray they may know your mercy. We pray for all who work to help people in these difficult situations, both volunteers and paid staff. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us and give us patience to wait until you call us to speak or act in ways that build your kingdom here and now. May we be bold and courageous as we work for your kingdom to come. And may we know your presence with us each moment, guiding us forward always as we continue to pray in the words that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Go in the name of the one who spoke the world into being. Go in the name of the one who for our sake came to save and to serve. Go in the name of the one who calls us to follow him and to show our love and humble acts of service to God and to our neighbour. Go in the name of the one who calls you his friends and as you do, go knowing that you are blessed beyond your wildest imagining this day and always. Amen.